Eclectic Soul. I am your host, Jen, and this is Jen. And I know in one of our podcasts we talked about um, narcissists, and we also stated towards the end of the podcast that we would um, talk about one of the other topics that we kind of pulled in with the narcissism. But we're going to hold off on that, and I think one of the things that is important, and Jen brought this up earlier, that is important when it comes to any type of relationship, whether it's a relationship among family, at the workplace, a loved one, a spouse, you cannot have a relationship if you don't have trust. Right. Telling someone that they trust you is like telling someone, I'm putting myself in your hands. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting my heart in your hands. I'm putting my thoughts in your hands. I'm being vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm trusting you not to hurt me. I'm trusting you not to disappoint me. I'm trusting you not to break my heart. I'm trusting you to accept me for the person that I am. And trusting you to realize that I'm not perfect, but if I struggle or if I make a mistake, instead of blowing up at me, instead of taking it out on me, instead of pushing all the wrong buttons, that you will come to me and say, hey, can we talk? Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Is something bothering you? This is bothering me. Can we talk about this? Trust is a form of communication. It's a silent form. Mm-hmm. And if you don't keep that line of communication open, and if you can't accept one another and be there for one another be strong for the person that can't be strong in that moment and vice versa because you can't just take, take, and take. You have to give and you have to take. It's, it has to be an ebb and flow between two people or between a group of people or coworkers. But trust is part of a foundation for any relationship. Communication is part of that foundation for any relationship. So today we're going to cover trust. And there's so much to cover that we think that we might even get two podcasts out of this. Yes. So we're, we will probably split this up into two different podcasts. Uh, we'll see how long this goes. It Probably each podcast will be no more than an hour. Yeah. We'll try to keep it under an hour, mm-hmm. but Jen and I... Well, we know tangent me. and get really involved yeah. in our conversations. Yes. So. Because the topics do mean a lot to us because we're not just picking them to just talk about them. We're picking them from experience. We're picking them from things that we've gone through. I think maybe what we could probably do is maybe talk about what trust is, um, go over a definition or maybe a couple of definitions, um, hit some key points, and then start talking about our personal the, experiences. Yeah. So we'll like we're gonna try to follow a more stricter, <laughs> <laughs> but also organic but, in a way, yeah. kind of giving you some information about. Um, what trust is from research, right. psychology, things like that, and then we can build on that, and then we can take it to a more personal level. Right. So all of the information that we're going to provide right now, mm-hmm. we will include the links in the show notes. The noun portion of trust, um, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. One in which confidence is placed. So when someone trusts you, they're putting confidence in you. Mm-hmm. D- 
dependence, not independence. This is dependent. They are depending on you, trust, like in family um, and other businesses that you put your care, you're putting a custody, you're putting your child in someone's care, you're putting your parent in someone's care, you're trusting them to take care of what it belongs to you and make sure that they're happy and healthy while they're not with you. Um, a charge or duty imposed, which could be based on faith or confidence as a condition of some relationship. So that covers a work relationship, a family relationship, a loving relationship, a friendship. You know, you're entrusting them. Um... Then the verb portion of it, which I like, is that to rely on the truthfulness or accuracy of to believe. Mm -hmm. That you believe and that you would even trust in a rumor because you believed in that so much. But should we always trust a rumor? It's a catch-22. To place confidence and to rely on a friend. So if you've got a friend... And you're able to talk to them and you feel comfortable with them and you give them their trust. Like, I trust Jen. Mm -hmm. To permit to stay or to go to do something without fear. That you're allowing yourself to trust someone without fear, without a misgiving. It, you're, you're putting your vulnerability forward and you're saying, okay, I'm trusting you. I'm doing this without fear. Don't hurt me. Right. So, the last but not least, finding the confidence and, and depending on whether it's God or luck that you throw your trust into as well. A lot of us go with God. A lot of, a lot of us believe in luck. Some people don't believe in luck. Some people don't believe in God. It's up mm -hmm. to you. But there's that faith, that unruling unknowing thing that's within you but yet you're entrusting it so that's what i have for y'all i hope that wasn't too overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> but we do get wordy <laughs> so what do you have jen okay so to build on a lot of the stuff that you talked about mm -hmm. um, i'm going to read a couple of definitions and, and go into a little of the research and psychology behind it okay so, uh, trust refers to a person's confident belief that another's motivations are benevolent toward him or her, and the other person will therefore be responsive to his or her needs. Trust is typically viewed as a belief in a specific person, though it has also been viewed as a personality trait characterizing people's um, ability to trust or distrust people. Right. Um, this is argued... Um, to come from a long time ago, so the survival of early humans, mm -hmm. because one's, um, back in the day, people were dependent on the cooperation and exchange um, of other people, trading berries, fruit, meat. Um, they needed to know who, that they, who they could count on. Mm -hmm. And then going into close relationships... In the more modern day, this has been translated into the close relationships that people have. People are more heavily, heavily interdependent um, on others to satisfy their needs. Mm -hmm. um, as the extent of risk and possible costs of rejection and betrayal increase in such relationships, the stakes become much higher and trust becomes all more critical. It is therefore surprising that research on trust has been most prevalent within the context of these close relationships. So this is basically saying because of the shift, we used to be more about society mm -hmm. and like kind of like the village kind of right. mentality, right? right? But in the modern day, we're more about our, our, depend our, inter our independence. Right. And so when, when we're talking about trust, we're talking about our personal relationships with certain individuals. Correct. But we're looking to see how that person is going to react. affect us. Right. What are we getting out of it? And therefore, you, will I get something out of it? So therefore, you'll get something out of it. Right. 
So a development of trust in a relationship is usually a gradual process that requires social interactions and experiences with a person that suggests that he or she is predictable and dependable, especially in situations that have costly sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this means is that we learn how to trust people based on past experiences. Past experiences with other people and past yes. experiences with that particular person. Yes. And then we kind of do this calculation in our head and we go, okay, how's the risk? Is the risk too high? Um, so that's kind of how that develops. The yes. last statement that you said, what's sad is that a lot of people do that. They'll analyze past relationships with whomever they're dating at that moment. But in all in all, shouldn't you still treat that person with a clean slate because you don't know them? Right. You're getting to know right. them. Right. And I think, and I'm, I don't want to go too much into it because right. I think we're touching a little bit on the personal and I think we have a lot to say about this. Yes. But I do think that trust really goes deep with psychology because... Oh, yes, it does. A lot of it, I think people don't have any control over their reactions. Mm-mm. Um. We talked a little bit about this last night, and I mentioned PTSD. I think everybody has a form of PTSD. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what situation that you're talking about. And I do think that trust is one of those things where if you have trust issues, it is going to trigger Mm -hmm. something similar to PTSD. Mm -hmm. And so you you may overreact because it's bringing up something that, a bad experience from the past. Correct. And so therefore you have no really no control over your reaction. But I'll Correct. stop because I don't want to go too much into the personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that's what affects people a lot when you're talking about past relationships and how yes. they're bringing that into their current relationships. Right. Okay, so going into um, some studies that were done about trust, um, some studies indicate that trust can be Altered by the applica- application of oxytocin. Yeah. Um, in sociology and psychology, the degree to which one party trusts another is is a measure of belief in, in honesty, mm-hmm. fairness, or benevolence of the other party. The term confidence is more appropriate for a belief in the competence of the other party. A failure in trust may be forgiven more easily if it's interpreted as a failure of competence rather of, of a lack of benevolence or honesty. And, and a lot of people don't know how to separate right. that. Right. So if something if somebody doesn't live up to the expectation that was set, right. it's a little bit easier for you to go, okay, I understand, if, if they were not being dishonest. Right. Or it looked like they had the, a good intentions. Right. Okay. But... If it looks like that person was acting out of selfishness, or they were disregarding your own feelings mm-hmm. or needs, mm-hmm. or they were being dishonest, mm-hmm. then that's where the issue in trust lies. Right. People who are high in Machiavellianism, who score high in like manipulation, um, being unemotional, indifferent mm-hmm. to morality, mm-hmm. they tend to lie more. Now, again, these, this has to do with research. That's not it. That's just one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. There, are, there was another study that found that people who are dishonest have low self-esteem. So the more low self-esteem you have, the more you will fib a little here, fib, take a little here and there. Is it possible that a human being can have both? Yes. And that just, that just means you're increasing your level of distrust there. Mm-hmm. Um, another study has to do with the attitudes that one holds um, about dishonesty. So if you think that lying is okay or that everybody lies, and so who cares? We don't, you know, I don't care. That also means that you will probably lie as well because you just assume everyone else is going to do it. And that's a shame. That is. That's a shame. And this is obviously just And that's based on assumptions. Right. Yeah. And, and of course, lying is just, is just about distrust. And obviously, right. trust in general has more to do than just with, with lying. Right. But it is a big part of the problem with, with trust. Trust, right? yes. And I don't know, I'm not sure if, like, 
maybe the business careers and the tech careers, maybe they have to lie more. You know, I'm not sure because they're having to deal, make agreements with people. I'm not, so I don't yeah, really I, know where the I research would, goes with right, that. Right, But it, it is interesting. It is interesting because, I mean, I can understand lawyers lying and I can understand politicians lying because, hello, they do that. Right. And, but is that how you want to live your life? Does it stop in that office or do you carry it on when you go home? Right. You know, um, trust is everything. And, and, and without integrity, you can't have trust. Without integrity, you can't have respect for yourself. Without integrity, integrity is what holds the backbone together. That is the, the real thin line of the spine. Right. So, um, yeah. Whew, it's warm in here. <laughs> it's getting hot in here because I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of stuff going on. So, is there anything else you want to um, get to? I've had that before we jump to other little topics or things. I think or that's, how-tos. I think that's all that I have to um, share as far as, like, the research and okay. psychology. Do you have anything else that you want to share or are we jumping into personal? Oh, well, I have some of the research that I did, but okay. I, it, what it is, is I looked for like little scenarios or little statements that, um, might help a person. Okay. So like, what is the true meaning of trust? What would it mean to you? Um, someone wrote this, that, uh, what does trust mean? Trusting someone means that you think they are reliable. You have confidence in them and you feel safe with them physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Trust is something that two people in a relationship can build together when they decide to trust each other. Mm-hmm. That's really important. It's important. Right. Very important. And then I come across one that um, was actually written by a teacher um, who has probably worked for a university because it's a dot .gov. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says, what are the four conditions of trust? And we have the link and we'll share it later. It says, in this article, the author discussed the four elements of trust. I love that word, elements. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is consistency. The second one is compassion. The third one is communication. And the fourth one is competency. It's the four C's. Each of the four factors is necessary in a trusting relationship, but insufficient in isolation. That I did not understand. That I want to know. So I'm probably going to go hit this website later and Mm -hmm. dig in deeper to what he is trying to come across. The four factors together develop trust. So you might want to say these are the four pegs that help put the foundation in. Um, the next one I came across was what builds a trust or what builds trust in a relationship. So this is just some ideas that could help you build a trusting relationship. Be true to your word and follow through with your actions. So if you're going to say something that you're going to do it, you better damn sight do it. Learn how to communicate effectively with others. We all have problems with communication. Right. The point is, keep trying. Mm-hmm. Keep trying. F- try to find whatever it is. If, if you have a hard time saying what you have to say, write it down. I can't get across what I want to say in the moment that I want to say it. Right. I am better at sitting down and writing a letter or writing how I feel and then giving it to the person and saying, okay, this is what I was trying to say. Because it takes me a while to put everything in the right place because I get anxiety and I misplace things in the content of what I want to say. Remind yourself that it takes time to build and earn trust. You cannot Mm -hmm. earn trust overnight. It doesn't work that way. You have to go slow. You have to get to know one another. You have to build it. And, yes, ma'am, just adding this in, uh-huh. but it also applies to rebuilding trust. Exactly. Once it's lost, you go all the way back to the beginning again. And I think people forget that because they think, oh, well, I've known somebody for 10 years. You know, I could just pick up and no, it's going to be great, you know, and it's not. No, it's not. You have to go back to 
to the point where trust was okay, where it was good, and analyze where it went wrong, talk about where it went wrong, and then you have to rebuild from that moment on mm -hmm. and pray to God that it doesn't repeat itself. And it's harder oh, it when, is. when you try to rebuild trust. Oh, oh yeah. Because you've got all of these negative yep. emotions associated now with this person, mm -hmm. and this person has to go above and beyond. They really have to prove themselves. And any little mistake, you're back to the beginning again. So, one, don't you lie to me, two, I'll kick you in the knee. <laughs> Sorry. And then the last one on this little segment is take time to make decisions and think before acting too quickly. Don't be so quick to judge. Don't be so quick to blow up at someone. Sit a moment. Catch your breath. Catch your words. Try to talk about it. Don't explode. And if it is a trigger for you. Yes, it is. If some some people, people, some people, if it's really bringing back some bad memories and you, you can't control yourself, I always find that it's best if you have to discuss something that you don't do it in person. Um, if the other person that you're dealing with knows that you're going to be like this, it's best to say, hey... Before, obviously before this even occurs, but right. so that they know that if anything ever happens where they have to tell you something or they have to communicate to you where it might not be very pleasant and it might trigger something for you, it's always best to not have the discussion immediately in person. It's always good to like leave a note, send an email to give this person a heads up so that way when it triggers something, they, they're alone and they're able to process and think about things right. before you actually sit down and talk about them. Because words can hurt. Right. And it can make what might be a minor situation a major situation. And you don't want that. So um, the next thing I saw was why is trust important in a relationship? You don't have a relationship. Without it. <laughs> Trust is the foundation in any relationship. What have Jen and I spoken already? Without it, the relationship will be shaky and eventually fail. Lack of trust is the main reason relationships fall apart. After all, trust means you can rely on your partner and can confide in them and feel safe with them. And this applies to any relationship. Exactly. Working relationships, mother, daughter, father, son, brother, sister, you name it. That's just family. You've got your friends that, you know, you need someone to talk to, but can you trust them? Do you feel like you can trust them? Then there's the relationships and even marriages. Mm -hmm. You've been married for so long. You've think you can trust them and something happens it breaks that little trust a little bit but without trust you really don't have a foundation if you don't have a foundation to stand upon every little argument is just going to make it sink like quicksand further into the ground mm -hmm. you you have nothing to stand on so you're it's just like a double-edged sword stabbing you over and over again, it's going to be painful. You can't do that. What are signs of trust issues? Signs you may have trust issues. <laughs> okay. I think Jen touched base with some of this. You assume betrayal before it even started. You're overthinking. You're overprocessing. You're assuming that betrayal is going to happen. You await betrayal. It's like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop because you think this person's going to break trust. You think this person's going to do you wrong. Mm -hmm. You are overly protective. You distance yourself from others. When you start pulling away from someone or pushing someone away, you're distance, distancing them, distancing yourself. God, I can't talk. That is going to let the other person know something's up. That is going to put thoughts in their mind. Mm -hmm. That is going to create a problem. If you need time, ask for it. You need space, ask for it. Even if you live in the same household, 
Mm-hmm. Ask for it. Don't just clam up and pull yourself away. You have to say, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this. If, if it's something at work, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring it home to you. I'm going to go in the office and I'm going to play video games. Or I'm going to go in the office and I'm going to listen to music. Or I'm going to go in the office and I'm going to call my brother. Yeah. You know, or my sister or whatever. Leave them alone. They're asking for the space. They're trying to process something and they don't want to hurt you. Right. So don't hurt them. You avoid commitment. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're talking about this later. <laughs> you avoid commitment. <laughs> oh. Why avoid commitment if you want if you tell someone you want them and it doesn't work out and you avoid commitment, why? What is it? Is it trust or is it something else? Who knows? You don't want to forgive the smallest mistakes. We're all human. We are not perfect. We all make mistakes. And if you can't forgive someone after having a conversation, talking about it, trying to understand their point of view, where they're coming from, How are you supposed to fix something if you're not willing to try, if you're not willing to forgive them and not willing to forgive someone for something is a rule to the fact that you're not trusting them. Mm -hmm. So is that trust, not trusting them lying deep within you from other things? Could be you feel lonely or depressed. Well, a lot of us feel lonely at one time or another and a lot of us have dealt with depression one time or the other and Mm -hmm. more so nowadays with COVID Mm -hmm. so can you love without trust trust precedes love we can only truly love someone when we can trust trust is something that is earned through actions it is a sense of security that allows both parties to expose themselves fully without any judgments or fear If someone can break your trust in any way, shape, or form, it isn't true love. That's a hard pill to swallow. If someone can break your trust? If someone can break your trust in any way, shape, or form, it isn't true love. I don't agree with that. I don't either, but that that makes you think, though. I think there needs to be a little added-on thing there. Mm. I think that if you can't rebuild it, then it's not. Because I think, going back to what you said earlier, about everyone makes mistakes. Exactly. And everyone is very different, has different personalities, different needs, different backgrounds. And just because you have a belief or a need doesn't mean that that person has the same beliefs and values and needs as you. And we could sit here all day and argue what's right. Right. And I'm thinking of polyamory right now as a good example because... You know, they don't believe in monogamy, right? And right. some people would be like, well, that's my line. If you if you are having sex with someone else, then that's, you're breaking my trust. But again, that's not really trust. That The, the trust is having that conversation and knowing that that person has beliefs or values. If you believe in monogamy, for example, mm-hmm. and the other person believes in, in, in more of a free sex life, mm-hmm. but is in love with you or something like that, whatever the arrangement might be, or wants to include other people in, you guys have to know about that ahead of time and have conversations about that and agree that that's okay. What you both want. Right, what you both want. And and if you both can't agree on that, that that doesn't mean that one person is is more credible or valued, has more value than the other person. Right. So I think anybody can accidentally break trust sometimes because a lot a lot of times it comes up to values that weren't talked about. Right. Um, even if you know somebody very, very well, mm-hmm. there are a lot of factors that come into play. You might mm-hmm. know somebody generally, mm-hmm. but there might be some weird little thing in their personality that hasn't really been explored. Right. And they might do something that breaks a boundary for you and it causes a problem and breaks trust. I don't think that means that, that your your relationship should be devalued and you don't love them. Right. I think it's how you handle that situation. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where communication comes in. Right. In order to build that foundation foundation and have that trust with one another, you 
have to get to know one another. You have to see what each other wants. You have to ask questions. You have to be concerned about the other person's feelings because you don't want surprises. Right. And this was like, how can you love without trust? Well, really, it does precede love because you... You can generally care about someone and want to get to know them and build that foundation and then realize that you can trust them. Mm -hmm. And then with that does come love. Right. A different, well, being in love. See, to me, there's different aspects right. of love. You, you have platonic love with family and friends, people you've gotten to know, people that you care a lot about. Um, that's one thing. Um, then there's that, that love of it's new you're together with someone the honeymoon they're all, phase yeah the honeymoon phase they're all you think about they're they spark your interest you have a, a lot of common things together you see similarities but yet you see differences you're still learning a little bit about each other that can lead to being in love. And to right. me, being in love it is totally different than loving someone and saying that I love you. You know, I love you does carry a lot of weight. Or I love ya. It, it's still, it's that there's unconditional. Mm -hmm. There's conditional, which means you already have a relationship. And then unconditional is anyone can love anyone without anyone's condition. Right. Uh, Without them loving them back. Right. Um, just like a child loves their parents. Um, it's just something that you have for someone. Conditional is two people who care enough about each other to want to voice the, that to each other. Then there's that being in love. It's being with someone that you can't see yourself without. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know how to separate these. You know, they mm -hmm. think that the honeymoon phase is all about being in love. No, right. it's not. It's being in lust. Right. You still love them because they're giving you an, I want to say euphoria, but... It's kind of like a drug, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, it makes you feel all kinds of good and, but... It doesn't last. No, it doesn't. Because, hence, it's the honeymoon phase. Honeymoons only normally last one to two weeks if you take you know, after you mm -hmm. get married, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, I'm just using that as a reference. But it has to be projected into the future. But you can't do that if you're constantly fighting with each other. You can't do that if there's no trust with each other. You can't do that if you don't have a foundation. That's not a relationship. Mm -hmm. that, well, let me, that's not a loving relationship. Yes, there we go. It's, it's just and a, a relationship where there's two human beings that are getting together and getting it on or whatnot, and they don't have the foundation to take that to the next level. Right, right. And love is on levels. Right. Yeah. And trust is carries that. Yeah. You know, you can trust someone in the beginning enough that it's that minor level of trust. Like, you're, in, I'm entrusting you not to hurt me. Mm -hmm. and that's given a little bit of vulnerability to saying, okay, I, I'm here. I'm giving you a little bit of myself. Don't hurt me. Don't make me regret this. And a lot of people look at it as a regret when it doesn't. You don't want to. It's not a positive thing for you. But that weighs a lot in the backs of people's minds. You know, am I going to regret this right. if I move forward? As you build the love and build the trust and mm -hmm. days go by, you're, you're giving yourself more time. The more time you take to get to know each other, the more stones you're putting down in your foundation or the more concrete you're putting mm -hmm. down. The more that you're putting down, the longer the road gets. The longer right. the road gets, the more into the future you get to go with each other. The more you get to go with each other, the more you have a chance of actually making it survive. Mm -hmm. But you have all these little key components that you have to keep aware of. And that's communication. That's keeping that trust going. That's keeping 
you know, the understandings and the mishaps to a minimal or at least saying, oh, you know, I didn't mean to say that. You know, being sorry when you need to be sorry. I'm fixing an issue that, and if you have an issue, speak up and say, hey, I mm -hmm. don't like what you just did there. Can we talk about it? Mm -hmm. Instead of blowing up at each other. Mm -hmm. Or doing the opposite where you come unglued and the other person doesn't know what the hell to do because you're an emotional wreck. Mm -hmm. You're just saying whatever that's in top of your head because you've been triggered. Right. And you're a crying hot mess and you take off and go hide in a room. Mm -hmm. That's not going to solve a problem mm -hmm. either. So there's just some things to think about and then see what else did I have here. It, well, what you brought up too brings up an interesting, an interesting tangent. Uh huh. Which is, can love exist without trust, in the opposite way? Uh huh. And, I think they're totally separate things. I think you can totally love someone and not have any trust. It's funny that you said that. Can a relationship last without trust? Without trust, a relationship will not last. Trust is one of those cornerstones of a relationship. Without it, two people cannot be comfortable right. with each other, and the relationship will lack stability. Right. But having a relationship and having love are totally different, separate things. True. You can be completely in love with somebody, or have love for somebody, maybe, because we talked about the different mm -hmm. types of love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could have love for somebody, whatever that might be, and not right. be in a relationship with them. True. Now, yes, if we're talking about having an actual working relationship, right. yes, that's a totally different thing. You right. need trust. You have to have trust right. in order to have a relationship. Right. But I think love is a completely separate entity on its own, mm -hmm. and I don't think the two need to be in existence together. You can be in a, a business relationship and not have any sort of love for that person, but you both have trust in the project or whatever thing exactly. that you're working on. Right. But again, if you take it to lo the love level, mm -hmm. you can be completely head over heels for somebody and not have a relationship with them and they not even love you back. But you could still, for the rest of your life, love them. Yeah. And there's no trust or anything because you have no relationship. Mm, right. What are trust issues in a relationship? Overcoming your trust issues in a relationship is probably going to be difficult. If you have real trust issues, you've been hurt in the past. You lack Your lack of trust is held in a place of fear of being betrayed, humiliated, taken advantage of, or otherwise manipulated all over again. That perceives risk may be overwhelming. That means you're, you're constantly stuck. I'm sorry, but if you're in that predicament at that time, you need counseling. Because I'm speaking from experience. When, when you have been hurt and been betrayed and been humiliated by someone who you gave your heart to, it didn't work out because they manipulated you, they belittled you, they just did you wrong. You cannot expect to walk into another relationship the year after, two years after, 12 years after, and not have what happened then affect you if you don't seek counseling and learn how to deal with the triggers and the effects of it. Because it's always going to haunt you because you never try to heal yourself. And that's painful. From experience, that's painful. Then you, you feel like that you're not good enough. You feel like no one's ever going to like you for who you are. You feel like you're never going to have a lasting relationship because either they only want this from you or you want that from you. And you try to put boundaries and everything up. But I'm telling you right now, you need counseling. You need to have a biased person that knows nothing of you, that listens to your story, listens to the facts that you give them, and helps you peel away that onion slowly so you can see what your triggers are so you can find coping mechanisms to help with those triggers 
And then you can start healing yourself and knowing that in the future, you know what to look for. You know what the red flags are. You know that even though you may like this person, but all the red flags that went up with the other person, you know to not even bother. You want to be friends? That's fine, but don't allow it to go any further because you don't want history to repeat itself. And history will repeat itself if you don't stop it. Mm-hmm. And the only way to stop, stop it is to counterreact it. The only way to counterreact it is actually talk about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want to talk about stuff like that because they're afraid to let it out. And it festers inside. And then sometimes they do the worst thing possible when counseling could have helped. Mm-hmm. And then you can't take it back. Is trust a sign of love? They trust you. This is pretty much the biggest, most important one. And remember, trust is the most important building block for love. And a huge sign that he, not she, he is into you. It's important that you return the favor and trust him until he gives you a reason not to. And then goes on and talks about how do you know if you can trust him. A trustworthy person is honest with you even when you don't want to hear the truth. If a man is willing and bold enough to tell you when he doesn't agree with you, and then you know, excuse me, that he doesn't agree with you, then you know you can trust him to tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. That's big. But if a guy is willing to tell you something about his past, if he's willing to be honest with you, if he's willing to say, I don't agree with you, then he's actually thinking. He's actually thinking about you and he's actually thinking, okay, this is someone I'm trusting and that if I can tell them something and they can reciprocate back to me and share something with me, then this could be a good thing. Now, one of the things you probably don't want to do, especially with a man, this next little thing I found, and I kind of chuckled, and I was telling Jen a little, I said, oh, we got to add this. This is, I'm going to add this. Is it okay to look through your partner's phone? The long and short of it, no. It is generally not okay. You want to know why it's not okay? It is a violation of their privacy. Whether man or woman, you looking at their phone with permission or without permission and you don't have a reason to, it is a violation. That right there is saying you don't trust them. It is a breach of trust, not to mention it is often unproductive. You might find nothing and feel like a jerk for snooping. You might find something small and innocent and blow it way out of proportion. You might even find old stuff on there that triggers something because something happened to you in the past. Mm -hmm. And then it, it makes you think because... If you're anything like me, you overanalyze everything, you overprocess everything, you overthink everything, and you're just like, is he doing that now? And you're already pissed and aggravated, and then you blow up at them. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. But this, where, where, what you just said brings mm-hmm. up a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because what that article said mm-hmm. is a fine line. Yes. Okay, now, is. obviously... I think what they're trying to say with that article is that you should never breach anyone's privacy with no good cause. Exactly. You, there's no reason why you should be going over there and going on someone's computer or on someone's phone just randomly because it's there and you know the password or whatever it is. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I think they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I think they're leaving out the part where there are situations where there's a fine line. If there is a, a, an issue going on mm-hmm. where the other person doesn't trust you mm-hmm. or you don't trust them, mm-hmm. 
you need to communicate that exactly. first. Exactly. And depending upon the situation, because again, it really depends. Depending upon people, people's triggers, you have to understand too that if someone's triggered, and you might be completely innocent, mm-hmm. but because that person is going through something, they're going to believe what they want to believe. And by right. you saying that you don't, that even though you're innocent, by you not trying to help them through it, you're kind of saying that their beliefs are invalid and that doesn't help your case in sure. any way. So if if you have to show them, like you said, right. my email or whatever, just that specific thing exactly. to get them to feel better, right. that's perfectly fine. Right. Because you guys have talked about it, you know right. what the issue is, and right. you're showing just what needs to be shown and you're giving your permission to do that. And also you're get building up trust there because right. you're saying, I have nothing to hide. Right. And here's my, here's my, look through my email. You can see that there's nothing there. Right. And that person will, I'm not saying it's going to go away like that. Right. Because, you but know. But it'll give them something to right. think about. And especially when they come down off of their manic rush, it will give them, some, why did I do that? Oh my God. Yeah. I, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, he or she showed me that and, oh God, I was a jerk. Right. And you know? if they, if that ever happens again, they'll know from that this will be a past experience for them. Right. And they'll remember, okay, all I have to do is just go over to them and I can be like, hey, I heard this or whatever. You know, I know that you're going to be open because you already showed me that. Right. Right. But I think the quick thing, what people usually do is not that. No. They, they jump they, to conclusions and blow up. But the other person, because I know you keep bringing that up, like yeah, the trigger is being a problem. Mm-hmm. But I also think the reaction of the other person is also a problem because that person still might be innocent. Mm-hmm. But they have to. You have to realize that even though you're innocent, that person, regardless of how ridiculous their beliefs are, right? You have to soothe them. You have to. You have to say, "I hear what you're saying. Right. I understand where you're coming from." What can I do? Right. Now, if that person, no matter what you do, is still having problems, then I think you need to reevaluate their mental health. Meaning, if they're not willing to go get, you know, see a therapist, because now this is, there's no reason for them not to trust you. You're, you're being completely open. Mm-hmm. They need to see a therapist. Yep. And, and if they're not going to do that, then you need to reevaluate whether or not you need to be in this relationship or not. Exactly. And then the next thing that I found was our trust issues and mental illness paranormal or paranoid personality disorder PPD is one of a group of conditions called a cluster a cluster a I remember that from psychology class personality disorders which involved odd or eccentric ways of thinking people with PPD also suffer from paranormal paranoia Paranoia. Yeah, I can't talk and my nose is itching. Sorry. An unremittent mistrust and suspicion of others, even when there is no reason to be suspicious. So they basically overthink because they've been traumatized. Right. They've been hurt. They've been in, you know, in this type of situation before. And then they think when they get in new relationships that that shit doesn't travel on to the next one, but it does because you didn't go get counseling. You didn't take the time to heal yourself. You didn't take the time to analyze, okay, why did this happen to me? Why did he do this or she do this to me? Because it it happens to both men and female. You you can't just put it off all on men and you can't put it off on all female because each human is their own individual person. We all have our own traits, our own personalities, our own way of perceiving things, our own way of processing things. So whatever happened in a past relationship and it didn't end well, and there was some trauma in it, it gets carried forward. The first counselor I started with, she even gave me a notebook, a workbook. You can even buy this from any bookstore that sells them. And the tasks that they give you to do, you write down things that 
scared you the most or you thought was traumatic to you from all the way back, the earliest you can remember. And my first traumatic experience is when I almost died drowning at five years of age. Mm -hmm. Well, as I built up on what bothered me all the way up, and then I really, it was a cluster fuck with my ex-husband because there was a lot of shit with that, that um, just, you know, I was pulling layer and layer and layer back and layer back that they gave me the tools to use, but I'm the one that guide myself through my counseling sessions. Because they say that when you actually realize and pay attention to what it is and you're able to guide yourself, but that counselor is there to actually say, well, you, do you understand why you did this? Mm -hmm. Or what do you think about this? They help give you little triggers to pull out other little things so you can get a clearer picture of what's going on. So it's not like they tell you. They're helping you. They're assisting you on your journey. But that's because therapy is about self-awareness, right? Exactly. It's actually not about sanity. Exactly. Unless you have an actual mental illness. Right. But when you're just talking about therapy in general, right. it's because you personally don't have enough self-awareness on yourself right. and the situation to think right. right but when if you're already very self-aware of mm -hmm. the situation mm -hmm. or what to do mm -hmm. then you probably don't need therapy right but so many people out there don't realize that they need therapy right. some people out there just don't realize that they are stuck in a cycle mm -hmm. that keeps repeating itself because they're not doing anything to get past it because it's almost like they're afraid it's almost like that they don't think there's anything else out there for them and they almost give up and that's a shame you don't want to give up you want to thrive mm -hmm. you want to fight for your life you want to do it with dignity mm -hmm. you don't want to discredit other people you you want to do what's best for you right and take yourself to an, to ascend to a higher level um being saying you are strong is one thing but actually taking the tools to make yourself strong mm -hmm. different ball game right because you could say oh i'm a strong man or i'm a strong woman you're still a human being mm -hmm. you still have a human body a soul and a mind that all have to work together and if you don't take time to heal the body, heal the soul, and heal the mind, so they work together and help you flourish and help you understand why you went through this or understand why you keep choosing this, mm -hmm. how are you supposed to push forward and live a better life? Mm -hmm. it, you Don't label yourself. Right. Go get the tools you need to build the life that you want. Right. And if you don't want to be with every loser that, you, and that's what you want to call them, that you've come across, every cheater, every homewrecker, every, whatever it may be, then stop the cycle. This brings up a good thing, too, what you're, what you're saying. It makes mm -hmm. me think of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. I won't say who. Mm-hmm. But and it talk and it's also about self awareness because right. therapy and self awareness, right? Right. You could go see a therapist because you're having issues in a relationship. Yes. But sometimes you're very, very self aware of the relationship and what's going on and mm -hmm. what you're doing and all the problems. Mm -hmm. And my friend, for example, is such a person. Mm -hmm. Very self-aware person knows the problems that they have. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it in length. Mm -hmm. But still chooses mm -hmm. not to better themselves. Mm. And this brings up a good point because it doesn't mean that therapy would not be good. Because again, if he's just going to a therapist for the relationship, mm -hmm. 
he's not going to get anything out of it because he's already self-aware of that. Right. So what that means is there's something else going on mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the relationship itself mm-hmm. that he's not aware of. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to be addressed. So just keeping in mind that mm-hmm. just because you you might be going through some sort of issue in one area of your life and you're like, well, I'm, I'm super self-aware I, but, and, and you're still not making any progress... It's probably because you're looking at it in the wrong angle. There's probably something else going on that's causing you not to want to move forward in this other area. And with my friend, there's all these other things about, you know, his life Mm -hmm. and um, how he feels like a failure Mm -hmm. and how, you know, he's getting older now and Mm -hmm. he feels like, he can't move on from that. It, he's, it's a hopeless feeling. And so that's what's really the issue. And right. the reason why he's not trying to move from this relationship is because he's stuck on those issues. And he should be getting therapy for that and not for the relationship. Right, right. Because there's always underlining. Right. Always underlining. Because those are extra triggers. Because certain triggers are for certain things. And then when you've got someone who says that they're worthless, they're useless, that they'll never mount to anything, that no one will ever like them, well, how do you know that? How do you know that if you're not willing to see yourself outside that? Mm -hmm. If you're going to stay stuck inside of a bubble thinking that you're not good looking or thinking that no one's going to like you or thinking that no one's going to love you for who you are and you stay trapped. And then every type of relationship you try to have triggers all relationship issues, but you're seeing it with different shade colored glasses because it's all underlining because you may be aware of one thing, but there's a, there's something underneath that. What's the next layer? What's mm-hmm. the next layer of that onion? Pull that layer. Okay, so you've conquered this. Take that layer off. What's the next layer? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that you don't think you're good enough for someone else. Because you are. You want to know why you are? Because you're a good friend. You're a good listener. You're good to hang out with. You make people laugh. You know, there's other people see you differently. That's why sometimes we tend to tell people we really care about. If you could only see yourself through my eyes, then maybe you would understand. Because when we're stuck in that bubble, we can't see past it because we take whatever everyone else has said to us. And we leave it on repeat in our head and we're not breaking that cycle. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible. It is. And I think a lot of the times why that doesn't work and people don't believe you no matter how much you say that you love somebody or that they're amazing or whatever, mm-hmm. it's because they know that you're your friend or your mother or whoever it might and be, your spouse. And you say that? <laughs> and it, they, what they need to hear is they need it to get it from someone who's unbiased. Like you said, a therapist. Right. They need to hear it from somebody they don't know. Right. Bringing back my friend again. Mm -hmm. We went out to dinner Mm -hmm. and he met another friend of mine Mm -hmm. for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he cared so much about what she thought. And I think it was because of that reason. Because she doesn't know him. Mm -hmm. Completely different person. Mm-hmm. And they actually are very, very similar. And so he really, like, liked her because he'd never met anyone who was very, very similar to him. And, like, as far as, like, things that you like to do and mm-hmm. interests and things. And so he really valued her opinion because she wasn't biased. Mm-hmm. It was the first time he met her. And they were similar, mm-hmm. right? And, he, and so he respected that. Mm-hmm. And he really cared a lot about what she thought. And the fact that she said a lot of really nice things about him, mm-hmm. that boosted him up. If I had said all that stuff, he could care less about it. Yeah, because it's coming from somebody he's right. known for so many years. Right, right. And I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know. But it brings yeah. up a point. Like, I think that's why this... Like, if this stuff kept happening, mm-hmm. and he kept seeing from different people, and maybe even going out, and he might actually go out and start meeting new people, because now he's like, oh, well, all these people... 
are, you know, they actually believe in me and blah, blah, blah. That's what causes change. It's when you get that outside stuff. Right. That person has to see it from without their own small little themselves or their inner circle. They have right. to, they have to pick themselves and up. You and you can't find happiness. You can't find love. You can't find friends. I'm a homebody too. But you can't find that. You can't expect that if you're not willing to get out there. I'm not saying go out to every club every weekend. But I'm saying go explore once in a while. You'd be amazed at what you might come across. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times have we tried to get him to go do something else with us? You know, it's, now... It's like pulling teeth. I yeah, know. it's ridiculous. But, you know, eventually he does if you keep bothering him yeah. enough. But it's like, if you keep having enough good experiences, right. I think the more yeah that will happen. Of course, with COVID, it's been a little difficult. Yeah, but... COVID's made a lot... Like, a, COVID's really fucked everybody <laughs> up this year, man. It's, it, you know, like, fuck you, COVID. That's all I got to say about it. And I'm allowed to cuss as much as I want on this podcast. You're absolutely right. Because this is an adult podcast. <laughs> And I am an adult, goddammit, and if I want to fucking swear, I'm going to fucking swear. <laughs> Hi everyone, thank you for listening. You have come to the end of this podcast episode. We will continue this episode discussion on part two. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com, on IG at eclecticsoulpodcast. We have a website, which is eclecticsoul.org. Our Facebook is also eclecticsoul.org. And we also have a YouTube page, which is Eclectic Soul. If you would like to contact me personally, you can reach me at my website at www.musicandmystery.com or on my IG, which is Music and Mystery. If you'd like to contact Jin, you can reach her at her IG at callmejinjin. Jin.